Welcome to the Now You Know Akron podcast, brought to you by the journalists of BeaconJournal.com. Each week, they will share their expertise on Akron and Summit County. Now, here's your host, Craig Webb. Thanks for joining us for the Now You Know Akron podcast. I'm your host, Craig Webb. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking about a very gravity situation, and that is the Soapbox Derby Week here in Akron with the races coming up shortly. We'll be talking to the president and CEO a little bit about the history of the races, how things went during the pandemic when they were virtually shut down, and also the outlook for this year's race and the future of the Derby in the city of Akron. But first, here's three things you should know from recent headlines from BeaconJournal.com. Our first story, while we're on the topic of the Derby, our reporter, Mark J. Price, has a fascinating story where he interviewed Pat Boone about his memories of visiting the Soapbox Derby in Akron in 1958. Boone talks about how throngs of teenage fans, now remember he was a very popular singer at the time, nearly mobbed him and his wife as they arrived for a parade and a gathering outside the famed Mayflower Hotel. He also talks about his race down the hill against a cowboy actor along with a comedian to win the uh, oil can trophy. And I won't tell you who won. I don't want to give, away, give it away, but Mark J. Price has a, has a good interview with him, and that's a, that's a great story to, to read. Reporter Jennifer Pinole takes a look at the University of Akron one year after severe budget cuts as a result of COVID-19 and also declining enrollment forced many college professors to be laid off. She talks to a pair of those professors and how they've struggled since the cuts. It looked a lot like Hollywood in downtown Akron as Space Jam, a new legacy, opened at the Civic Theater for about 10,000 I Promise families and children who were in the program. There was a touch of Hollywood with a red carpet and also a free showing of LeBron James's new movie that features Bugs Bunny and all those Looney Tunes gang open in theaters and also online streaming. These stories and countless others can be found on BeaconJournal.com and all of our apps feature updated headlines and subscriber-exclusive content you can't find anywhere else. And now for a spotlight topic. The Soapbox Derby in Akron has been halted only twice in its history, dating back to 1934. It was suspended for four years, beginning in 1942 during World War II and just last year due to the pandemic. The Derby is back this year. And joining us to discuss the big day on Saturday, July 24th, when the final races happen is hopefully weather permitting, right, is President and CEO Mark Gerberich. Welcome. Hey, nice to see you guys this morning. Or, or at least hear us, right? Right. Yeah. So, so I see that the theme is back on track, and I, and I'm just kind of curious: was there ever a time last year you thought, hmm, maybe this was the uh, 82nd was the last soapbox derby? Now we've been uh, we've been working really hard. I I think we made the right decision last year, and then we've been working really hard starting in the fall, trying to work with our race cities, uh, trying to tie in partners to get PPE. Uh, items out to our race cities so that they could safely hold races and then really monitor the uh, safety protocols all year so that we could get as many race cities back racing as, as possible. 
but I, I know historically, and, and maybe things are, are better now. You can enlighten us a little bit that you know the finance. It, it, it's not. This is not a, a profitable race, right? I mean, we're you know this is in the Indianapolis 500. I mean, it, it is an historic race, and I, you know, some say this is America's great race, um, the original. But but you know, finances are always kind of an issue, and you've been working hard to address that, right? Yeah, thanks to First Energy, right? I mean, we were able to hang in there last year. We got our PPP uh, loans as well. Um, and then I like to say we were like a bunch of squirrels just saving our acorns as much as possible, right? You know, uh, the derbies had, uh, you know, in the recent past, 10, or 10 to 20 years ago when we were really struggling financially, um, it, it was really important to try and engage that piece of it too. So the executive committee's done a great job of helping oversee that, manage expenses so that we can be in a better place once we come out of the pandemic. But you've also diversified some, right? I mean, you, you, you've looked to, uh, STEM education kind of as a, another outlet of, of working with, with schools and, and trying to not just generate interest, but it's also been kind of a, a source of income selling kits to schools as, as, as with the STEM program, right? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple things, right? You know, 10 years ago, there was only one race a year, right? And that was the All-American. And that is uh, that is difficult business model to hold together. You know, so we have five revenue streams, you know, as you talked about. And then adding the sixth one, the education piece, has been really important. Uh, right at the start of the pandemic and, you know, thanks to the Beacon Journal and, and the newspapers around the area, we started promoting an at-home learning program, which is a mini car kit for uh, first and second, third and fourth and fifth and sixth graders. And, uh, and it really took off. So we were very fortunate to, like you say, diversify revenue streams, really increase the education program sales side during a time when we weren't having races. So, uh, very fortunate that way. We've continued to build those programs so that we can create a continuum of of education programs that's going to go K through 12. But the most recent one that that's the coolest is we entertained 420 Akron public school kids for a field trip at the track. So uh, we have a different program that's in place. Kids come to the track for two and a half hours on a field trip, uh, learn how to build a car, learn the history of soapbox, go on a scavenger hunt, and then get to drive the car down the hill. Uh, we think it can be a big program for us uh, as we continue moving forward with other groups. It's certainly an historic site, and, and I know right next door you, you have a, another historic relic in, in the Rubber Bowl. What's, what's the uh, situation with the Rubber Bowl and, and you being such a, a, a close neighbor? Yeah, so the good news is that they took down the press box from a couple of years ago where where there was a lot of trouble brewing, right? The the rubber bowl's about halfway down. The city's working with the state to try and get funding to take it down and turn it into a park. Um we also have the Heisman House that sits over there that that is a concern as we move forward because it got vandalized pretty hard over the last two years. But, uh, you know, we're really focused on our property. Uh, as you might have seen, we've paved the track. You know, uh, the, the track of soapbox and you've been down the hill, right? So, you know, True. every, 
every little bump on that hill causes you a problem, right? So you get you get the uh, the guys that put in streets for the the city or the county, and they go, oh, this is a great this is a great cement, right? You know, to drive down, and then you put them in a little boxcar, and all of a sudden everything's a bump, bump, bump. So paving the track was really vital to us. Uh, we just finished expanding the sidewalk as well uh, so that during our days where we have veterans or people in wheelchairs or uh, inclusion day where we're serving the disabled, you know, our sidewalks uh, are a little bit wider so people can make their way around the property better. So the incline railroad is not happening this year. As a reporter who once covered in 90 degree weather going up and down the hill, you know, I was hoping for the incline railway or a monorail or some type of a escalator, perhaps. We are we are taking donations for the uh, solar solar paneled uh, uh, escalator. You know, it would be that walkway like through airports where you can put the cars on and take them up the hill, and then and then people can hop on and. And pay their dollar to go up too. <laughs> well, let's chat a little bit about this year's race. I mean, it, things will be a little different, right? I mean, because of the pandemic and, and just some a few changes. Yeah, there's there's a couple changes, and and so we've been monitoring this all year. And back in December, when we were talking to our race families, it was really important that that we hold all the races that we can hold, right? So we've we've managed to do that. So on you know, we're going to have our challenge races. We'll have our all-star race, our legacy race, and then the world championship on Saturday. And that was an important part of this. And then, you know, the thing that happened to us, I mean, I, I think we were all a little bit caught off guard because we're sitting here in May for Mother's Day. And, you know, it's like, be careful not to get in big gatherings. You know, like it's even, it's even funny to say, right? The middle of May, we're still worried about gatherings. And three days later, right, everything's lifted. And so the things that are missing are, you know, all the extracurricular activities for the kids, right? So no parade down Main Street, no lock three of throwing out your trinkets and that sort of thing. We're going to have a a badge trading. So there's the when the kids come, when the champs come from all over the country, they like to uh, bring something from their hometown that they can share with their friends. So we're going to uh, do that badge training here on site. Um, so, but we've held all the competition. So pretty, pretty comfortable with what we're trying to do from a safety standpoint. So no honking horns and sirens uh, for about six hours downtown Akron. This, uh, yeah, it's too bad. I, I know all you guys down there really enjoyed that in the middle of your day as you're trying to hit a deadline and finish a story. <laughs> well, it's a day we look forward to. You know, we all, uh, you know, but uh, so how many racers are we going to have this year? Is it is it will it be down slightly because of the pandemic? Yes, it will. Right. You know, so uh, in 2019, we had uh, 370 racers. We're about 270 racers this year. Um, in 2019, there were 94 race cities around the country and around the world that had qualified candidates and champs for the world championship. And this year, there were only 61 races that could be held. You know, so when you start thinking about that, you wonder, wow, how can you go from 90 to 60? But when you're talking about New York City and New York and L.A. and and some of the, the bigger places on the West Coast, 
they they still aren't even a, able to hold races now. Um, the other thing that happened is some of the kids didn't expect that they were going to qualify, and then parents didn't have the vacation or couldn't come. So we've had we've had a few champs that have turned down the trip to come to the All American this year, but we're we're really happy with you know like you said back on track 270 entries this year and and it'll be exciting. There's world championships in six categories. Will there be any foreign racers this year? I mean, are anyone able to come from abroad? No. So the yeah, it's all it's all USA based racers, right? None none from Canada even, right? You can't you can't cross the border yet. My my son went to Niagara University and the other last week he got stuck, uh, went the wrong way and got in line to go to Canada and had to turn around and come back because you weren't allowed to go in. So, uh, yeah, all USA racers this year. I, I think someone mentioned earlier, we, we, we have like these news meetings at, at the beacon and someone mentioned it's, it's kind of a milestone year that, that I, I believe it may have been 50 years ago was the first, um, female racer. Is, is that true? Yeah. Wow. Good. Good. Thinking, right? I, I wasn't we, even. We do the pressure so often, right? We, we kind of surprise you. <laughs> yeah. So 1971, the first woman racer, and then and then the first woman champion in 1975. You know, it, it, it's hard to, hard to think that that it's that fresh. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, 50 years is a long time, but yet that it ever race without female racers, and that kind of interesting little tidbit of history. Yeah, can you imagine, right, that women weren't allowed to race? So there's there's two things, right? You know, in 2019, we were about 50-50. I expect that we'll be the same numbers this year, men and women. Um, and as you see your results from 2019, there were five ladies that were champions compared to just one one guy. Uh, so the women women do really well. Um, and... Uh, that's that's come a long way for us. The second part of that is we'll, we'll get a lot of ladies come out to senior day when we do that in August, and they love the fact that they can beat their brothers now because they weren't able to race 50 years ago. So what does a casual visitor see if they if they want to come to the race? And what's a good day to come? And, and is it just the main race day or, or any day? And maybe talk a little bit about what's on, on the top side of the hill. Yeah, so, uh, so the week starts with the cars checking in on Tuesday. They'll all come and, and get their cars uh, calibrated and checked in and take a run down the track. And then we'll have the challenge days on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Friday is a day when people pick their wheels and finalize their cars for the world championship. But, yeah, we want people to come out for the world championship uh, this year. There's uh, – you know, the food concessions, the bouncy houses and, and some of the games and stuff for kids to do at the track. We expect we're going to increase that entertainment in a much bigger way next year. Uh, we were being really conservative. Uh, as you know, this thing started out with the race going to be on Friday because we didn't think we were going to be able to have have fans here. And then we moved it to Saturday, and now we're pushing really hard to get fans to come out to the track. So just five bucks in advance, you know, uh, you know that you can buy. You can sign up on uh, through the Akron Beacon Journal to win free tickets or buy one get one. 
Uh, so there's a lot of opportunities for people to pick up tickets. But come out, find your favorite racer, find your favorite car, uh, the painting of the cars and the, the development of these cars. These kids have put a lot of time and effort in. Just pick out your favorite one and follow it through and then uh, and enjoy everything else going on around the track. And there is a museum at the top of the hill, isn't there, of sorts, that you can kind of look at some old cars and see how they've evolved? Yeah, there is a museum here. We take that out of play during the week of the event with all the, with all the champ cars. So we have all the local cars in one building and we have all the rally cars in the other building. So pretty much off limits. Uh, the, the derby racers are really proud of their cars. They don't want anybody near their car. These are finely tuned and, uh, and they're playing for a world championship and, and it's, it's a really important thing in in their history. So what happens to those racers who aged out? I mean, since lost their, their chance at the hill, does that mean that they just was an unfortunate footnote in history? They, they, they didn't get a chance to run because you, you do have age limitations, right? Yeah. So the kids that aged out, aged out, right? I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of our mission is really supporting kids. And, uh, unfortunately, you know, just like missing your last year of school, you know, missing your prom, you know, missing your last season of baseball or basketball, uh, it's really unfortunate. And there's a lot of passionate racers out there. We talked about it for a great deal of time, but, you know, it was a slippery slope, Craig, when we, when we started going down it. Uh, you know, it's one thing to say, okay. The 20 year old that aged out can race again at 21, but the 18 year old that was out of a certain category, can they come back and race in that old category? You know, so, you know, can they stay in their same divisions or are we pushing you to go to the next division? And, you know, it just started getting, I think the best way is that slippery slope. I guess as a, as a president and CEO, I guess you can answer this question. It's, it, it, it's kind of a, uh, some, being in charge of something so historic and so steeped in tradition is great because it great, it's great for the brand, but yet, you know, you're, you're always balancing, you know, new tastes, new, how I say technology, but with something that's so steeped in tradition, right? I mean, so you have a balancing act all the time. We do, right? And, and we never feel it as much as when we're leading into the derby, right? You know, and, and you've met some of the families, right? We have fourth generation racers out here. You know, I, I'll never forget the first day I'm working and it's before I get hired. I come out to the track and start saying hi to some people and I go, how long have you been racing? He goes, my grandpa raced in the first one in 1934. And, and so, you know, it it is it's it's difficult for somebody like me right who has uh large vision and wants to change things to balance what we're doing from a historical standpoint so you know i i just try and be as respectful as possible to to everybody try and learn the traditions try and learn the history right i mean what's what's frustrating sometimes is somebody will tell me their name and they might have been a champion in 1980 and I have no idea, right? So, you know, it, it's, you're not trying to be disrespectful, uh, but, you know, it, it's, uh, it's really hard because of that steep tradition. I think, you know, from my standpoint though, the, the only good thing is I'm doing the soapbox derby and not the Olympics. Can you imagine being head of the Olympics in, in what's going on? 
there. Well, I will say it, it, it's a very deceptive sport. And, and, you know, I never did it when I was a kid. But, you know, as you alluded earlier, I, I came out and went down the hill. And, you know, it doesn't look like much. And the hill doesn't look. But, you know, I would say when you're inches from the ground going, I don't know, I think I was going 150 miles an hour. Um, I'm sure. A little bit. But I, you're really you're really flying down that hill. I mean, it, especially as you're that close to ground. And you said to every bump and. And, you know, I, I don't know if you were at the bottom of the hill. I forget who was at the bottom of the hill screaming me to pull the brake. And, I, you know, I was very confused about what the brake was. And, and so, you know, it, it is actually, you know, quite a thrilling trip. Yeah. And, and then, you know, you just got down the track, right? I'm just getting down the track. These kids are racing for their life, right? I, mean, I, I was racing for my life. I thought I was going to die on a hay hill. But, <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's it's – it's tenths and hundredths of a second that separate the cars. So one little bobble, one little misturn, one little mistake, and, you know, you go straight to the loser's bracket. So uh, we have great champs. We have great racers. They're great athletes, right, mentally prepared, you know, because they've got to think just like any other player. You know, it's like you've got to have that goldfish mindset that, you know, or like in baseball, you know, what's the most important at bat? And it's always the next one because you make a mistake and it carries over. That that psychological thing comes into play. You're going to lose right away. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. And, and you know, this is a great Akron tradition and, and hopefully it continues on for many, many years. And I know you're you and the folks that are working hard to uh, ensure that that happens. So So thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate all you guys do for us. And, and thanks for the time. That's all the time we have for this edition of Now You Know Akron. As always, we thank you for listening and also our producer, B.J. Lisko. We encourage you to support local journalism by subscribing to Beacon Journal either in digital or print forms. If you're already a subscriber, well, you have our undying thanks and gratitude. Until next time, Now You Know Akron.